0: Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers, by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics, from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I'm Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is...
1: Hey, I'm Alfred Newtilli.
0: Hey, Al. Hey. All right, a lot going on this
1: week. Should we jump right into it? Sure, sure. Uh, So let's hit the first news article. It's PHP Architect Magazine had a release out this September, Uh, and again, the event... Um, php world uh, november 16th uh, just a reminder washington dc and then there's an article there's a bunch of articles their main topic is security which is really interesting to me yeah uh, and the expose security library um, w- was just a fun read uh, an interesting read And i'm trying to move forward with using it in our applications uh, as middleware huh. i'm just working on a bunch of details now and, yeah. and practicing it offers queuing notifications and, uh, you know you can customize some of the things you're looking for
0: yeah so I see you' I you've started to you did a blog post on what you found so far and it looks like you're just getting started but I'm at, so yeah. actually as someone who I really don't even know what expose is can you give kind of a high level of what well what, like yeah. what, what, what kind of things it might provide
1: right it's a uh, um, let me open up my my uh, my link so basically it's a um, intrusion detection system and expose I think is really built around PHP IDS, so again, the intrusion detection system. And it's just a way to take a request and analyze uh, potential issues with the incoming requests. For example, um, you left a form vulnerable to a JavaScript attack, mm-hmm. uh, and it shows that that field has potential JavaScript in there. And even though you might not have left that field vulnerable, it's saying, hey, this person's trying to do something. Right. Uh, and so you could then react to it and say, this IP is now banned. Guess, yeah. um and you can reject it you could say this is a level 20 uh filter issue we're going to reject this ah. so it gives request. you levels depending on the 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 kind of the, like, ca- the calculation yeah. of the uh, particular issues with that oh, request that's cool and i think on the outgoing too you could monitor because middleware is both in and out you can outgo, you know like hey you're outputting something that's dangerous and you can even help at that level hmm. that's really cool
0: yeah. It is. And it's it all is. based on a library, so you're not this isn't using like a third party service or anything like that. No. Yeah.
1: No. Cool. Um but part of my idea too is like the incomings project could use this as another plug-in to say now we can track your uh uh you know issues here and then monitor and, and let you know. Very cool. Huh. Nice. So I'm a little bit stuck at the filters. They're supposed to Uh, aggregate the found filters, and then uh, on that, you can then send a Slack message or whatever. Mm -hmm. Any kind of email notification or Slack. I added Slack. And uh, so once I get past that, I might be able to have some more progress there.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Very nice. Um, Cool. So it looks like we found um, some interesting podcasts as well, right? Uh, A new one. I haven't heard of this one before. It looks like Developer T. Uh, yeah, y- you found that one. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I linked to another article later on where there's the ultimate list of developer podcasts. But this is one of those that uh, I just found interesting. The the podcast person, uh, the host is he seems knowledgeable, and uh, the topics are well done.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, so yeah, there was a, an article what Microsoft got right that JetBrains didn't, um, and this wasn't an, this was an interesting read. So this is about. Um, Sad read. Well, yeah, sad. Um, but actually, I didn't really, I didn't really realize it was going on uh, until yeah. you shared the the article. Um, but it's essentially how JetBrains has kind of gone from a license, like a single licensing model, or you know, license where you purchase a one-time fee purchase for a license, uh, to kind of a monthly pay model for its desktop desktop applications. Um, and just talking, so this is one person's perspective on kind of. Like how that worked, how and why it worked well for Microsoft, um, you know. And an example given there is like Microsoft Office, Office. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ultimately, in the case of Microsoft Office, at least for this person, um, uh, it, it turned out to be cheaper to do the the monthly kind of pay as a service model. Good point. Um, yep. But in the case of JetBrains, I don't think it. I don't think it provides some of those benefits. At least according to this, uh, to this yep. article. Uh yeah. So it was interesting. I, I actually didn't know that. I, I, are they doing that? So, so I, I purchased PHP Storm, I guess, about nine months ago or something, and just paid a flat fee. I think. I think it was a yeah. flat fee. Um yeah. So uh, at least at that time, this hadn't uh, gone to a
1: monthly service. But
0: yeah, it'll be kind of a bummer if it does.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, like, people use TextMate for, like, 20,000 years and until TextMate 2 came out. It's like, do you really need your IDE updated every month or year? Right. And, and the answer is probably not. Um, so, I mean, there are many things changing with PHP uh, that maybe these things help. Uh, but then they have their plug-in system where people could keep adding to that. Uh, so it, it, it might be a bummer. I, I don't know yet. Maybe it will end up still being cheaper in the long run. Yeah. So... Uh, so we will see yeah um and we both use uh php storm so right to figure out everybody's all excited about sublime but i felt like uh, by the time i made sublime do what i want i could have just bought php storm (laughs) right Um, because i like you know some of those people were wicked smart and they maybe know where everything is and i don't like i want to explore my code and, and figure out what's making this class right uh and so forth yeah um So another thing that came up in the news was Foundation 6 or Zurb Foundation. And this is like Bootstrap, um, but uh, it just has a different approach to things. And I actually like it a lot, and I forgot about it in the years. Um, They had this interesting thing, too, about prototyping uh, and how they have a way to help you prototype and get user feedback uh, inside the UI as well. So things like that uh, makes it look really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I'm curious to learn more about the prototyping and how that works. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. sounds like something that could be useful. And I know I you it may have been you I don't know four or six months ago that brought up Foundation, um, and I remember taking a look at it. And it did seem pretty cool. Haven't tried it yet though.
1: Yeah, we yeah. just stuck with Bootstrap, but I can definitely and it's totally fine too. So, yeah, um,
0: and this is cool. You know, so I guess Foundation is so Zurb I guess is a. Um, Uh, they're a company that does and they have lots of clients and hundreds and hundreds of websites and so I guess the foundation is kind of a an outgrowth of that they use the they use it on all their client sites and so um, it's kind of uh, it's apparently pretty well tested and um, you know gets updated regularly and all that good stuff totally totally yeah
1: I think it's the Coke and Pepsi right there's always two things or it seems to be and and Bootstrap gets the most attention yeah Um, yeah Um, cool
0: well, there's an article, uh, image security article, um, and you're gonna have to explain this one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. checked it out, but I started looking at it, and it's like a bunch of math, and uh, it, yeah. it seems like you know, it's 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 kind of cool. Like I was fun to walk through, just in terms of um, uh, you can basically see how someone could take a seemingly innocuous uh, yeah. PNG that looks really rather small, actually, like you know, less than 400 uh, bytes, uh, and when you unzip it. Uh, it actually will fill up your entire hard drive uh, you know it, i think it unzips to like 160 141.4 gigabytes yeah uh, and there's some, some interesting math in there on how that's done um i don't know maybe you can talk about so what what what, what is there is there like some 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 security checks that, p- p- that they're recommending based right. on
1: Right. i mean you you could and maybe should accordingly uh and it it's uh basically uh Laird Chat is a Slack Laravel chat hangout place. And I went there one day and noticed they didn't have a security room. So I said, hey, can we start a security room? And then, of course, I posted my article there. Uh, and then this other person posted his article there, uh, Mikey. And it was this article, and I started reading it and uh, realized, you know, it's one more good example of what to look out for. Uh, and so in this case, like you're saying, someone can upload what seems to be uh, an image that is, is uh, not going to hurt your system but then could Um, so you can easily see having an accidental upload form that lets this happen. Right. Um, and, uh, so it was just, uh, it was just interesting to see. And then also, uh, thinking about some of the projects we're working on, it could be a compression, um, advantage to us if we use some of these ideas. Yeah. So yeah, just more stuff on security as I keep digging into, I'm having trouble choosing between focusing on security or augmented VR type reality stuff. Uh, so far security is winning, but sometimes I wonder why. Yeah.
0: Well, it's so practical. Like, the, the augmented reality <laughs> stuff is really cool, uh, yeah. but it's, like, the security stuff's practical to your everyday work, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but, in security's nice because you're not in meetings all day describing why this feature has value. Right. Uh, you're just saying you need this, otherwise you're going to get hacked. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I can see it being funner from a developer standpoint who wants to kind of just work on stuff and not always discuss stuff. Yeah. Um. But, you know, as far as money goes, it's like it's not going to be the sexy new thing that people want to spend lots of money on. Right. Um, where VR and, and augmented are going to be within a couple of years that thing that, hey, everybody needs, needs a website. Now everybody needs a, you know, VR augmented something. Hmm. You know? That'll be interesting. So that, that's, that's where I'm still torn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. The next one is core consums defense in depth. This was a link from the expose or the PHP IDS. And it's just, it's an interesting read. Um, I can't, I got to still finish it. So I don't want to go into detail now. And I want to actually make this a topic later on, uh, as we just keep, you know, finding topics for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. This looks really great. The, uh, you know, they talk about the various layers
0: and a secure architecture, um, things like that. So, uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, Another thing we wanted to bring up, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm sure you've done this too, Al. But like when I when I first really started getting into lists of podcasts, uh, it was actually kind of hard to find. Uh, like you can find the top five really easy, um, yeah. but then just kind of like having like there's not for me it was really hard to find like a, a single list that kind of aggregated it in a meaningful way that was kind of like oh cool i can quickly get to all this stuff and see what's going on um and not only that but like when i first started searching i was looking l- looking specifically pr- for php and, um and, and object-oriented kind of principle type talks um but then I started getting curious of, about like, wow, I wonder what's going on out there in the Java community or all, some of these other communities. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and uh, <clears throat> so this we've put a link in, and this is a really cool, um, it's pretty extensive uh, yes. list of of uh, programming developer podcasts um, across all, all all kind of programming industries. So if you're you do, you do Java, you do C uh, you know Ruby. PHP, they've got they've got kind of like the, it seems to me like the, the top 5, 10 of each uh, yeah. in there. So just pretty yeah. cool, pretty cool to check out.
1: Yeah, and they, you know, if you listen to these podcasts that are like about different technologies, you still learn things and you actually gain appreciation for those technologies. And, and uh, like, it's easy for me to not think much about Microsoft.net and stuff. Yeah. But after listening to like hurting coders and other podcasts, it's like, It's really cool discussions going on.
0: Yeah. Well, for sure. And just think about how much, like, PHP has been influenced by Java and other other kind of, uh, you know, object-oriented frameworks. Or or just, you know, even think about how much uh, Laravel has been influenced, um, you know, by Ruby on Rails. Rails, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's those kind of things where the more ideas you have bouncing around in your head, the higher the likelihood that you're gonna come across something interesting. Something's gonna clash or, or, or you know, g- g- collide in a way that, you know, is unexpected, and you might end up coming up with a good idea, uh, yeah. just because you were kind of expanding your mind in that way.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And you might not get a lot of it, but like, you know, then that comes up later on, you're like realize you get it. You
0: yeah, know? yeah.
1: Uh, another interesting, uh, site is the everyday sexism site. And it's more of a, I don't go to the site. I, t- I connected with their Twitter and you get a tweet once in a while with people bringing up, you know, these moments where we forget about, uh, these, I don't want to say these things that just show up in day to day life that really have sexism and you might not realize it cause they're subtle. Right. Uh, so it's just interesting to see in my Twitter feed, these come up and, and be, me be reminded that, oh yeah, that is sexism. And i you know, using it all the time, maybe or right. not. Hopefully, right. Um, but just good reminders. Yeah,
0: no, super important. It's interesting. The last couple of conferences I've been to, there, there's yeah. been kind of like, um, and and this is great. Like, there's been kind of a focus on these type of things. And one of the things that I hadn't considered, uh, really, which is which is exactly what you're saying, essentially, with this is one of the biggest things we can do, especially in develop, in especially as developers where we we already have, um just a very it's very disproportionate in terms of like the male to female ratio um and and things like that so so right out of the bat it can be it can be difficult uh and one of the best things we can do to kind of help and promote um is is to just be conscious and and that's it like you know uh you know and and that's like the that's a really important first step so yeah cool All right. Um, so, the, <laughs> so there's a an article on life hack. Uh, Twenty four signs you're an introvert uh, and th- and not shy, and not shy, which is very important yeah. t- to Al. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. but it's no, it's, true, it's true though. It's true though.
0: I was just saying the other day. I mentioned to someone I was pair programming with that I, I was a bit of an introvert, uh, and he started just laughing hysterically, uh, and I was like, "What? You know?" And I think uh, he probably like l- he probably thinks of. Being introverted as being shy, perhaps a little right. bit, uh, right. because and the reason he was laughing so hard is because I like I can't keep my mouth shut and I always have an opinion <laughs> when we're in meetings and stuff like that. Strong opinions, right? Strong opinions. So uh, you know, so the, so I think it was just immediately comical to him that I thought of yeah. myself this way.
1: Um, well, and and I think it's cool because it's like it's not that you're shy, which could be something you need to fix. It's that you're an introvert, which is something you need to embrace.
0: Yeah. I've always felt like I was on the line. Like, I, I think I took a test in grade school. I can't remember what, what it was, but it was like, you know, they had you do this thing, and it told, it told, it told you, like, whether you were more introvert or extrovert, and it yeah. gave you a bunch of other stats, too. But I think I was I was right on the line. But I definitely feel it yeah. sometimes. Like, I really have to have, you know, downtime and some space, and I, I being around too many
1: people for too long is uh, stressful. So yeah. No, it's I good to notice it. these things, yeah. honestly. Um all right, dependency injection and Angular two. Um, just a good article. Uh, some interesting points about dependency injection uh, with the new Angular. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so that'd be good.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it makes it. Um, you know, I wonder how that. I'm curious. will have to look more into that. Like one of the things I've been thinking of more is we. I've started thinking about. Um, uh, aggregating and compressing JavaScript for production oh, yeah. sites, um, yeah. and you know that's a with with Angular one. Angular we've been using. You have to be really careful to make sure that you're uh, injecting things the right way in yeah. order for it to work once you've yeah. uh, compiled it. Uh, and I yeah. wonder if they're doing something similar, or if if they've. Yeah, you know, I think they are. Yeah,
1: it, I think this had more to do with like the style of uh, dependency injection. Ah, uh, okay. Know. Yeah. But, uh, and it looked like, because, you know, we have uh, uh, ECMA 6 or JavaScript 2015, where you're um, constructing your classes uh, in a more object oriented way. That makes sense. Um, So it's more, I think, thinking about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um, Cool. So another thing we wanted to discuss uh, uh, Harmony with Laravel plus View plus View Router. Um, And this is a really, um, really, you know, kind of thorough article on, and, and I actually really like it. I, I want to spend a little more time and actually do some proof of concept work myself. Um, I've done a bit of work with view. I haven't worked with view view router. Um, and it seems promising, but I, I need to learn more. And basically what we have here is, um, uh, Jason Walton walks through a complete setup, um, using Laravel as the back end, view as the front end um and goes through and basically creates an admin uh, an admin UI um which i think is cool cuz it really covers like some of the basic functionality that you you know cuz one of my biggest questions is like all right i've used vue for some like really simple stuff it's like i just needed to make some i i just needed to make some some calls without reloading the page so i just used vue cuz it was simple um but if i was to consider it for a larger application uh in the way that i would typically use angular um I got there's kind of a lot of unknowns for me and I think this starts this, this answer's that in a really nice way when you're building up a um yep. uh, you know when you have to build up an admin screen there's a lot of the a lot of the typical stuff you do uh I think is covered so I'm I'm excited to dig into this more.
1: Yep. No, that's good. That's good. Uh that should be another topic though that we do. Vue, yeah. <laughs> Vue v- or Angular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, cause I still have my hesitation.
0: I think there, re- I think it's reasonable for you to have hesitations. I just, <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't learned enough about Vue yet to like, to be able yeah. to confirm that. Cause I, there's, yeah. I mean, I know just such a cursory foundation level stuff. There's, there's a number of things that I know exist that I just haven't dug
1: into. So, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can see avant- advantageous, uh, advantageous to vu, and I'm not going to say Vue cause that makes no sense to me. To Vue is that, unless they call <laughs> it that personally, do you know if the developers call I it I don't that? know.
0: I think Jeffrey Way calls it Vue.
1: Because like when, when I right-click on that word and have my Mac speak it, it says Vue, yeah. so I'm going to stick with my Mac. Well,
0: computers are never wrong, so yeah, yes. I would stick with yes. that.
1: So um, is, is that like uh, uh, Angular being more closed source in some ways and driven by a company can lose track of the needs of the average application where Vue would not... So that could be one long-term advantage to Vue uh, versus Angular. Yeah. Um, so.
0: And it's interesting.
1: But uh, So the next uh, article is How GitHub Works, and uh, it was just a really cool article. It's old, and I haven't read it yet, and I got to it as we go into our main topic. I found it there. Uh, they linked off to it, and just really three good articles in, in and of itself of like uh, hours are bull, Uh be asynchronous and creativity is important, and those are three topics that, in depth, really affect our day to day. Yeah, for
0: sure. So, um, yeah, and the, the author there, by the way, is Zach Holman. Um, and as I'll just mention, we're going to talk a little bit about um, something that I first, uh, I, I first heard, kind of. Um, on a podcast, I think it was a a full stack radio podcast, uh, where he was, he was on and kind of talking about a number of things and how, how they do development, um, at GitHub. And, um, you know, one particular part of this, uh, which is what we want to kind of dive into a little in 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 a minute here, uh, is kind of, uh, how they handle pull requests. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll link to that as well in a moment. Um, so, before we go into that, though, uh, let's see. Anything else before we jump into... I don't know if we... Was there anything on the... in uh... <laughs> The
1: club that no one yeah, showed yeah. up for? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I read the monitoring chapter. Uh, the mo- monitoring chapter was the next chapter. Yeah. And uh, it, it was fine. Uh, he referenced some services and some things to consider. And it's, it's making me think how to really pull all this together uh, in a way that you're not using five different services possibly Yep. um so we'll see how that goes right uh and then the other book agile estimated planning just really loving that finished the chapter on uh helping the you know to um to really get a sense of cost versus value and then now now he's moving into um uh more into detailed user stories so really looking into that which we got to practice a little bit last week
0: nice Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into that. And for for any of those joining, uh, we've referenced this book in the past, but the first book Al was referencing is called Building Microservices um, by Sam Newman,
1: which might be dead in the water. It
0: might be. Uh, I think it's an important book, but I just have I've been having <laughs> a heck of a time getting through it, so it might be time to move on. Yeah. Um,
1: which is fine. Yeah. Like I said in the book club, it's like if a book's not working for us, let's dump it. It's not about like yeah punishment.
0: I think I'm or... going to come back to it because it is really important. But uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, with that, let's jump into our, uh, main topic and yeah. So, so one thing, I, so basically I, 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 heard this podcast, uh, where they talked about using, uh, pull requests as a way to kind of like better communicate and, um, you know, ha- just have kind of like a more documented workflow without adding too much overhead, um, so I brought it up, uh, with our team, actually, the team that Al and I are on. Um, it was like, uh, we're like a team of, when, a team of when six. When I wasn't in six. the six. meeting. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, so I first brought it up when Al was on vacation just to butter everyone up and, yeah. you know, make sure that they really understood my side of things. Uh, know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And to make it an official rule. Basically. <laughs> yeah. We voted on it now. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> so so I talked about it a little bit and then we talked about it more. And so we just thought it would be, it would be nice to kind of like bring it up here and think through like what some of the pluses and minuses would be. Would be um, So, uh, and I think, you know, ultimately it's something we're going to try we're not making it uh, mandatory at this point. I think for a Sprinter True, we're just going to try and see, see how it goes. Um, and then, you know, yeah. iterate, but l- let's just kind of give an idea of what it is. So, um, the idea is that when um, you know when you're working on a project with uh, where you may have uh, more than one person on your team, and you may actually have multiple teams, um, you know that are kind of in your stratosphere, so to speak. Like you're not working with them day in and day out, but like you're working on products or tools that have some overlap, um, and so. Um, it's good to stay informed and to, to stay kind of like up to date. And not only is it good, but, uh, it can potentially save time. And so like the use case that was really interesting for me was, um, you know, you know, if I, if I, our team has been growing, right. So, um, you know, something I worked on six months ago or nine months ago, someone else is working on now. Um, and they're, they're doing stuff with it. Uh, and who knows exactly what that is, but, and that's kind of the point is, um, you know the, the 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 idea. I'm not sorry. I'm not explaining this very well. So the the idea of the <laughs> of this pull request is that at the beginning, at the planning stage, you uh, would actually create your feature branch and create a pull request that where you can start to describe what's going on, like start, start to describe what you're going to be changing, what, what you're going to be doing, um, and put some detail in that. And you now this doesn't mean you need to spend an hour or two days or whatever planning and making sure you know every database change you're going to make and every this, that, and the other thing. Um, but just kind of whatever you know at this at the outset before you start coding, you kind of get it out there and you put it down in this as kind of a comment in this uh, pull request. Uh, and of course when you make a pull request it goes out to the entire team um and if you're on if you have more than one team you can have it set up to go out to multiple teams if you wanted it to uh, in terms of notifications so those are get some github settings um and the nice thing here is that uh i can kind of you know i or anyone can kind of keep an eye on those and see oh okay uh you know so so, Andy's working on such and you know such and such thing, um, yep. you know, and he's planning on doing X, Y, and Z. Well, I know Z was really hard, and uh, there are these three things I want Andy to know about it. So I'm going to go comment on this pull request and say, you know, cool. Note these three things, you know. So it's just kind of a nice way to communicate, and then. You know, at the end, you've got kind of when, you, when you're actually ready to do your code review and it's time to merge the branch in, you've got a nice history. So, you know, even if Andy and I have kind of gone back and forth about like what's the best way to handle this one issue, well, when you get it, Al, and it's time for you to do the, 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 yeah. the, the review, you can see all that. And if it's, you know, you don't have to go through it all, but if you wanted to, you could, yeah. you could sh- see the history of, well, why was this decision made? Um, yeah. So that's the idea.
1: And and are we keeping, so if you start a pull request about a feature branch, usually we delete our feature branches. Does the pull request go away with that? No.
0: So the pull request will, I mean, it gets closed. Like when you merge it, it gets closed, but you do have a history of the pull pull request. Can you accidentally delete it? Uh, you, it's like anything else. It's like a ticket. You could delete it. So, okay. so, oh yeah, it is a ticket. I remember yeah. now dealing
1: with their issue. API. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so, I mean, I, I don't okay. know if you could accidentally delete it cause you have to hit delete and then you have to hit yes. Like, you, you know, could, but I hear
1: what you're saying. You like, wouldn't just, uh, it, I totally remember dealing with their API, um, that I was like, wow, really everything's the same thing. It's just like, uh, uh, they're all the same, um, a PR an issue and, and something else. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, my hesitation or reservations was, uh, you know, it just makes our job harder. It's like, here, I want to add this widget to a page, and now I'm writing all about it, and it's one less thing I'm doing for coding. Um, yeah. So I think we decided it depends on the size of the task, and it depends on really who's involved. Uh, like, if I'm working on something by myself, and it's a very little change, um, you know, you could see that being kind of overkill. Yeah. Um, but, but overall, like, I also see the values, like the history... The conversation, uh, I only wish we could bring users into the conversation. I was just thinking like, oh, that would be kind of an interesting UI idea for our um, work um, right. so that you could really get the users involved as well without scaring them away with GitHub.
0: Yeah, that's um, the problem though is the level of conversation, like the technical detail in that conversation
1: is likely yeah. to scare users yeah. away so it's only at the time when the user stories are defined that you start working there at the technical level yeah
0: once you yeah, understand
1: kind of the, the user level requirements yeah um so there's a lot of value though um the history the sharing of of uh thoughts the review of code mm-hmm. um you know yeah uh, i think it could save time i mean
0: I don't know. It's hard for me to prove this because we've never got like I can't yeah. point at a scenario and be like, see, you know, see, you wouldn't have wasted three days if we had done this. I like I can't. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm just actually not tracking people that closely to be able to do that. I'm yeah. I, I'm sure we could. Have, I'm sure at some point we could have saved three days with better communication. But um.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> the, well, and that's where my point was. Like, then what are standups for? It's like that person right. says they're going to be working on X. Then you you should ring an alarm in your head during standup. You'd be like, oh, I can help them. Right. You know? right Uh,
0: yeah it's true it's true i don't know like i i think it's you know i i think the point you're making is a really valid one which is like is it ness is that level of kind of is that level of detail necessary and when is it necessary given the fact that we do have stand-ups like my cons, my concern is yeah. Like, we've, we've, I know there's been times, like, just let's just use you and I as an example. I know yeah. there's been times when I've, like, started working with code you were working on where, like, yeah. I didn't entirely understand what was going on. Like, and yeah. we work on projects where you can't entirely understand everything before you start right. coding. Like, if you were going <laughs> to understand everything before you started coding, you'd need two months. Um, yeah. So you kind of have to, like, just make sure it's like, all right, let's make sure I understand the class I'm working in. And as we run across things where we got, yeah. like, events or other stuff, we kind of check that out to make sure. And, you know, and then write good tests. And, you know, then hopefully if we break something, we break tests, right? Um, But there's been a couple times where I've started developing and I, like, didn't totally understand what you had going on. And so I I ended up going off in another direction for half a day or something. And then I was like, oh, this is what he's doing. Um, And conversely, I've also gone back and looked at stuff that I worked on and then you worked on. And then I went back and I was like, whoa, wait, why did you do this? And what you did absolutely worked. Uh, And if you had, and actually there was nothing wrong with it. Like if, if you had written it the first time without me having done anything, it would have been absolutely right. It just so happened that I solved the problem, uh, in a different way. Um, but instead of like, instead of like, we didn't take the time to communicate about that. And instead you kind of just like programmed, like an alternate thing that, that, you know i it may have been more efficient i don't know but like the point was we didn't even the two things that we did weren't even we weren't i don't even know that uh you or i knew what was going on until until much later so it's kind of like i guess the question in my mind is like does stuff like that matter like maybe it's like who cares if there's an extra method that does the same thing in a different way or you know or or, you know maybe we do care about that i don't know you know it's kind of like how much time does that really save i don't know you know Um,
1: well yeah um I mean, it's, you know, in the historical thing, I'm thinking, and again, I'm not against it, and I'm uh, after reading the article, I started to like it more, but the historical thing is like, hey, I'm about to work on, uh, like, refactoring this one application to use this new uh, API we built. Uh, let me go look in the history for for something relative to this area. Um, it could help, but I could also see it being hard to even find, but it could still be helpful. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think overall it's something worth trying.
0: Yeah. I think it also goes back to like what mode you're in, right? Um, Like, I don't know. It's like what mode and like the, the duration of your project, right? So like, you know, sometimes we get these projects where it's like, you know, it could, it's like a two month kind of proof of concept thing. And at the end of it, or even sometimes shorter, some you know sometimes a few weeks, and uh, yeah. and it's just kind yeah. of like at the end of it, it could completely go away, or it could, it could turn it could turn into a three year project. Like it just depends well, on what happens, and you know, de- yeah. and in that scenario, like you know, does it make sense to like have all this extra documentation when, in all right. likelihood, right. if if the project is actually fu- you know funded, you're gonna scrap your proof of concept code anyway and start from scratch because it was just you know you might carry some stuff over but the point is when you're doing proof of concept work you're not thinking like oh this is gonna this is gonna be an application we have to support for years um this is like
1: one one thought there is this would be a great place to say where are the documents for this where's the pdf for this where's the um the data models we built in google drawing for this yeah yeah uh so it actually could be a nice way to aggregate all this information uh Around the the code, yeah. Um, so that that could be a value there too. It's been something I tried to build, uh, as I tried to build the hub app. Um, you know, a nice place to centralize all these not only decisions but sources of information. Mm-hmm. Google Docs is great, but sometimes stuff ends up in there that's irrelevant or just not, it needs more context.
0: Yeah, it's hard to find, or like people, you know, like people won't update it. So like, i you know, it's yeah. it's happened before. I've spent a couple hours like yeah. making a nice flow diagram of how. You know, yeah. how these services are working together or whatever. And then someone will change one of the services and it doesn't get updated, you know, and yeah. then, and, you know, then it's like limited usefulness. Someone else steps on, you know, comes across it later and makes some assumptions that are no longer true because of an outdated document, you know, it gets tricky.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, but there's value in some of this. So it's yeah. good. I mean, I, I'm willing to try it. Like I said, I just would hate to do it every time I start coding.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think it's particularly good as, like, we bring – like, for me, I think it, as we bring new team members yeah. on, too. Yeah. Like, it's different, too, because, like, I mean, if we've been working for years together and we've got a certain flow and a certain rhythm, like, you know, great. Um, but as we're bringing new folks into this into the circle and also, you know, we're all busy. So it's not like, oh, we, we're bringing new people on and, uh, you know, we've got all this extra time now to, like – help and be useful it's like yeah. no we still have the normal amount of work we have to do <laughs> yeah. plus we need to help and be useful so yeah. Uh, yeah. you know anything we can have there and so that's in my mind where it can be really helpful so for people who are just coming on or for for kind of more junior developers to, to take the time to think through what they're going to do and run that by whoever is kind of the uh, the more senior person in the area of code that they're going to get into to have them work with that person um, in advance before they start coding, I think is really going to save us some time. So
1: we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be giving it a try. And I think with a lot of these things we try, we should come back later on and say how it's, how it's going. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think that's it for this topic. Yeah. Um, and, we have a few more on the list of things to think about for next week. Yeah. Or, no,
0: it's exciting. and And we're also...
1: Is, should, is it interesting? You've done I know
0: I you, oh god I, I was actually reading on like how to stop doing that. I thought <laughs> well, about You got a collar for your neck that uh yeah, actually, actually I had this product idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no no I I I should tell you about it. I'll tell you I, I I don't know if I want to mention it on the show cuz it's got a well I, I'll mention <laughs> what it is cuz maybe it's already exists out there and maybe someone will know like if, yeah. if if something like this exists send it to me or maybe Al you know uh yeah. because uh, basically what I want is something that can like, I basically want to put, have like a, a little screen on, uh, either on my iPhone or like on the, on, on my, on my computer screen yeah, where, computer. where I can put certain words. And so it's not just interesting. I say interesting all the time, which is, which is, <laughs> which is not interesting. It's totally annoying. Um, But but there there are other things like um and uh, other other stuff I say right so so I think the biggest thing I was researching and I think the biggest thing is like you need to the first thing is to be conscious of the fact that you're doing it and once if you're conscious of the fact that you're doing it you can uh, take effort you know you can take efforts to stop it and um, so so what I was thinking is it would be great if if I could just. Uh, enter in some words and anytime i say those words it flashes red right so it's not yeah. so it's not you know it's a, and so this would be cool like at first i was like oh maybe it's a product idea and then i started looking out there and i was like oh actually there is some really cool open source software already that doesn't do exactly yeah. this but it it um it will recognize speech um, cool. but it, the problem is the delay is so like it takes like a good three five seconds and it's not entirely accurate the little bit of playing that i've done um but uh, yeah. yeah, it it would be interesting. So if anyone's seen anything like that, or if
1: if you've if you've got any ideas about open source software that might work yeah, that for something like this, let me know. Because uh, yeah. and you, and you could have a little app running that's like counting how many times you said word X, and if it's on the the non white list, you could then buzz you with a color or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll yeah. see if it goes anywhere. I've got a really great domain uh, domain <laughs> domain name for it, but I haven't bought it yet. So I'll, maybe I'll um, yeah, I Yeah, uh, something <laughs> like that. So. Uh, <laughs> Right.
1: so I'll mention it later if this ends up well, going anywhere well you well, did a good job this podcast not saying interesting <laughs> too many times interesting but uh <laughs> so yeah ping us on uh twitter devs hangout um also you can rate us on iTunes that always helps we have a couple there thank you uh and you could find us as well on um uh, Cast. I think is the one um where we've also signed up for recently that you can find us on cool alright until next time Thank you.